This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. faithfulness has shown up uh, because of your generosity in giving and bringing food and all, we were able to provide 50 families with Thanksgiving meals. Give God a hand. So I thank you for that. Also for all the volunteers that came out last Monday, uh, Monday and put all the boxes together for the families and all. I'm telling you, listen, it's a big deal. Listen, I, I know we can say, oh, okay, 50, you know, but it's a big deal. Listen, to feed your family a Thanksgiving meal, I, I don't know, none of y'all have ever been poor. I grew up poor, so maybe that's why it's a big deal for me. Man, if somebody had done this for, for us, I'm telling you, man, it would have been a big deal. So I want to thank you for your generosity uh, and, and for all those who volunteered to help do it. Well, we're talking about what? Cosmic conflict. And as particularly, we're in these latter lessons, we're talking about the armor of God. So if you want to turn over there to Ephesians, that's kind of our main scripture we've been reading. Ephesians 6, where Paul, by the Holy Spirit, has given us this classic description of the spiritual armor of God that we've been given. Amen. Hallelujah. You've been given armor. Yes, you have. You know what that means? There's a fight and you're a soldier. You're not on vacation. (laughs) Boy, I'll tell you, I like the vacation time, don't you? You know, I don't like the, the fighting stuff. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I used to be the other way around. I used to be a fighter, not a lover. But when it comes to spiritual things, we need to realize that God's called us. Uh, to a fight. In Ephesians 6, 16, that verse, Paul said this, above all, taking the shield of faith, by which you shall be able to quench all the fiery arrows of the wicked one. So it's important for us to remember that faith and God's Word are inseparable, aren't they? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We know that. So it's inseparable. We also know this. Romans 12 tells us that each of us as believers, God has given us what? The measure of faith. So don't ever say you don't have faith if you're a believer. Don't say that. You you may say, well, I don't feel like I have faith. Well, that's fine. You can say you don't feel like it, but don't say you don't have it. Hey, man, <laughs> you can feel like a lot of things, but that don't make it true, does it? God's Word is truth. We talked about the belt of truth already. So we want to talk about how we develop that faith and how we use that faith, especially as it relates to what Paul calls it the shield of faith. Now, <clears throat> the shield of faith, the, the, the Roman soldier, and of course, Paul is relating this to his day to the Roman soldier. This armor, 
He's using it as an analogy of the spiritual armor that you and I have. Now, the Roman soldier had two shields, two different types of shield. The first shield was a small round shield that was very beautiful, very ornate. It was used, you know, uh, uh, you know, when they had, uh, you know, special gatherings or things, or when they were on parade or or something or some kind of celebration. And usually, it was it was very polished, and a lot of times it would have an artist rendering on it, uh, sculpted on it, of a great victory battle that they had won. Now that was one type of shield, and you know what? You and I also have that shield. Now, that's not the shield he's talking about here. But you know, we should have that shield with us when we come to church on Sunday, when we are testifying of what God has done for us. We need to have that polished shield of the victory that God's given us. There's a time and place for that. And we need to have it when we worship, when we're testifying, when we're telling other people about what God's done for us. Man, we got out that dress shield, and I mean, it's looking good. It's testifying of our God and what He has done for us. But the shield of faith that Paul's referring to, it's another word, and it literally means a door. It was long as a door and wide as a door, and it meant complete and full coverage. Oh, hallelujah. See that little round shield? It was light. It didn't cover everything. It was just for looking good. It was just for reminding people what God had done. And they would never, no soldier would ever take that shield into battle. Are you listening? See, we come to church, and we're all looking pretty and fine, and we got out our dress shields, and that's all good. But I'm telling you what, when you leave this place today, you better take up that big old shield, the shield of faith. Amen? It was wide and long, and it was exceptionally strong. It was made of, of six interwoven thick layers of uh, leather, six layers. So it was very thick. It was very tightly bound so that it could withstand the blows that the enemy would bring on it. And it, like I said, it was so big that he could, that soldier could be completely covered. And so he stood behind that shield and he went into battle and he had all his other equipment on, but he especially had this shield, the shield of faith. And you know, uh, every time a she, uh, 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 the soldier got ready to go into battle or he was maintaining his shield of faith and we have to maintain it, <clears throat> there were two things he did. First of all, he would regularly rub oil into that thing all the time. He kept it oiled. Because if he didn't keep it oiled, leather, how many of you know leather will dry out, won't it? And when it dries out, it becomes brittle, doesn't it? And when it becomes brittle, a, a hard impact could shatter that thing, couldn't it? Psalm 92, verse 10, the psalmist said, You will anoint me with fresh oil. See, we got to keep our shield anointed with fresh oil. That means I've got to be in the presence of God. I need to be in God's presence in my 
personal time when I'm, I'm praying, I'm worshiping, I'm meditating, I'm just there with God in the presence of the Holy Spirit, and I'm, man, He's keeping fresh oil on my shield of faith. Oh, yeah, He's rubbing that in. Oh, I'm telling you, you can tell when somebody's got fresh oil, they got joy. When somebody's got fresh oil, they got peace. Oh, when somebody's got peace and joy, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our what? It is the strength of your shield of faith when that oil's been rubbed in. So they would always rub in oil. It made it supple and pliable. Amen? And see, we want to keep, we got to maintain our shield of faith. See, some people, their faith is it, brittle. I'm telling you what, you, you, had, you hadn't been spending time in prayer and the presence of God and the Word of God, that, you know, because the second thing they would do, especially before they went into a, a big battle, they knew a battle was coming up, they not only rubbed oil in it, which they did that on a regular basis, they soaked that leather shield in water until it was saturated. Because, remember, he said, what's the shield of faith primarily? What does it do? It quenches what? Fire. Well, I mean, you know, water and fire don't mix, do they? And you can see why they would keep that shield soaked in water because the enemy would shoot arrows of fire into the oncoming army, and they'd lift up those shields saturated with water. And when those arrows would hit that shield, it wouldn't catch them on fire. It would quench them. Are you listening? But see, if the shield was dry, if it was brittle, and those fiery arrows stuck in that shield, especially a a number of them, the next thing you know, your shield's on fire. The only thing worse than that would be having your pants on fire. And then when that shield caught on fire and it starts burning and you're trying to hold it, you're not going to hold it too long, are you? And as soon as you throw that shield down, guess what? The next round goes right into your breastplate. Or it might hit a a point that's just open enough to get you. So we need to take care and maintain your shield of faith. And we're going to talk, how do you know if I'm not taking care of my shield of faith? Because you're on fire. Yeah. Do you know when something's on fire? Absolutely you do. We're going to look at the Scriptures, and it's going to be obvious about who's on fire among us and who is not. Now, how you use your shield properly is very important. Now, we need to know we've been given this shield. It's a complete coverage. It's strong. It'll do the job. But we also have to maintain it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We need to be in the Word of God. We need to be reading it, studying it, meditating on it. We need to be soaked and saturated with the water of the Word. Amen? Absolutely. Some people say, I don't understand why my faith's not working for you. I can tell you why. You're not maintaining it. I mean, you know. That's like, you know, you hadn't been to the gym in 20 years. You're 40 pounds overweight, and you want to go in there and wonder why you can't lift 300 pounds in the bench press. Well, it's not because you don't have muscles. It's not because you're not living and breathing. 
It's because what? You're out of shape. Your muscles are flabby. Amen? I mean, I'm not going to be calling you to help me move my sofa. I'm going to look around for one of these young bucks, man, that's in shape. Come on. And isn't that true? Even sometimes unconsciously, the people we gravitate to in times of emergency, we gravitate to people what? Who are people of prayer, who people have maintained their shield of faith. We know that, that, that they, they hear from God, that God hears their prayer, that they are strong in faith. We just gravitate toward them in a crisis, don't we? And we want people to gravitate toward us in a crisis. I don't want you to come to me and you need me to help lift a burden and I can't even lift a corner. I mean, I'm struggling with a cushion on the couch, let alone the couch. How do we use our shield properly? So maintain your shield. This is important individually. It's important corporately. See, the, the, the presence and the power of God is commensurate with the prayer life of the people. Oh, I don't, why don't we see miracles? Why ain't God doing this? Why ain't God doing that? I can tell you why, my brother and sister, because you ain't praying. You ain't got no fresh oil on your shield. You're not soaking it in the water. I mean, the flaming arrows of the enemy are getting through. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Using your shield properly. Notice what he said here. He said, above all. Now, I read that for a number of years, above all, and I, and I interpreted that about meaning more importantly than all. But that's not what he's saying here. Above all. What? That big old shield you lifted up above what? All. That's literally what he's saying here. If you look at the Greek, it means above all. So when those arrows are coming in from the air, you what? Your shield's laying on the ground. Well, what good's that going to do you? I left the shield back in the barracks. What good's that going to do you? No, he said, above all, taking up, taking up. Well, if you take it up, that means you can lay it down, doesn't it? He said, taking up that shield and raising it up so that what? The fiery arrows of the enemy, boom, 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 they're hitting it. You don't stand out there thinking it's courage and you're really an idiot saying, I believe in Jesus' name. No, mom will hit me. Well, why in the world would he give you a shield if you could do that? See, sometimes we think, we think we're, we're being courageous and we're just being dumb. Now, I'm not talking about you in particular, just in general. I'm talking. But he said, above all, out, it means out in front as a covering. That's literally what that, those two words, above all, means out in front as a covering. And you know, the Roman army, they knew how, and on each shield they had... Uh, little hinges like things so that they could attach their shield to the next man's shield, to the next man's shield, to the next man's shield. And so they could, as Paul wrote, he said, presenting yourselves a solid front. Can you imagine a legion, 6,000 in a legion of Roman soldiers? They, they got 
that breastplate that's shining and glinting in the sun. They got on that helmet of salvation. They've got 6,000 of these shields connected together, and they're marching forward with the, those, those shoes of peace. Boom, boom. Can you imagine? How would you like to be coming up against that? Well, that's what the enemy is facing if we would present our shields above all as a solid front. Man, I'm telling you, we'd run over him going for a fight. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's, I tell you what, it's one thing to be courageous when you're in the battle yourself. But I'm telling you what, when you've got a band of brothers and sisters with you and they're connecting their shields with your shield of faith, I mean, boy, I'm telling you, all of a sudden my courage just ramps up another notch or two. Oh, yeah, I think we can take him. <laughs> Come on. <clears throat> he said, take up your shield. <clears throat> Pardon me. <clears throat> he said, by which you shall be able. That term, shall be able. That's the same word we get our word dynamite from in the English. It's the Greek word dunamis. It means miraculous divine power. Wow. Boy, I'm telling you, we need to get a little more excited about it than that. In other words, he said, when you take up this shield of faith, you present it out front in covering, he said, you are activating explosive, divine, miraculous power. That'll get the job done. See, this is why he said, we do not warfare according to the flesh. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to figure it all out. I'm going to whine and cry and complain and moan and groan. That's all the flesh. I know your flesh feels like doing that. Mine does too sometimes when you've got to lift up that shield of faith. And he said, you will quench the fiery arrows of the enemy. Now... In Paul's day, there were three types of arrows that were primarily used in warfare of their day. There was a regular type of arrow that had the, the very sharp barbed type in on it, like we would know about today, a hunting arrow, something like that, that they shot. Then there was the arrow where they just had the tip of it was on fire, and they would shoot it, you know, over the walls and stuff to set stuff on fire. But then the arrow that Paul is referring to here. Is a, was an arrow that is hollow, and it was filled with a combustible, highly combustible uh, oil of some type inside it, and it had the tip on fire, but when it hit, that arrow would explode and disintegrate, and it would spread that combustible material all over the shield, and the fire would ignite it. These were the kind that were feared the most. Now you can see why they soaked their shield in the water. And this is what Paul is talking about. He says the fiery arrows, you can quench them. This is the type he's talking about. Because he doesn't want to just set your shield on fire. He wants to set you on fire. Mm. He wants to set your mind and your emotions on fire. He wants to find that place, that gap where he can shoot that arrow in 
and you begin to doubt, well, I don't know if God's going to come through this time. He wants to shoot that fiery arrow in and set your reasoning on fire with unbelief. Well, I don't know, I tell you. I've been believing in God a long time and nothing's happening. I just don't think this marriage is going to work. I just don't see how God's going to bless me financially. We're just about to go under. You're on fire. Come on, I said you're on fire. This word here where he talks about the wicked arrows, it means, the word wicked there means sorrow, that which causes sorrow, pain, evil, or ill. See, some of us are on fire and we don't even know it. We're on fire and we don't even know it. All of that hopelessness about your life, about your circumstances, it's never going to get any better. You know, that whine, that moan, that groan, that whining, complaining, that doubt, that hopelessness, all of that, those are signs of what? You're on fire. You know, we need to call the fire brigade. Somebody needs to pull a little lever down, you know. You say, how can you tell this? Turn over real quickly. To the book of James, chapter 3. <clears throat> We're going to pick it up there for the sake of time at about verse 5. He said, he said, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. Not only your body, but Christ's body. It corrupts the whole body. You remember when the spies came back from the promised land? And two, Joshua and Caleb had a good report, but ten had a what? An evil report of what? Unbelief. So unbelief is called evil, isn't it? And did you know, listen, they did not have cell phones. They did not have TV. They did not have a printed page. They did not have the Internet. There was at least one and a half to three million people. Before a night was over, the evil report spread through the whole nation. He said the whole body can be corrupted when an arrow pierces your life. See, you can tell when you're on fire because your tongue will reveal it. That's what he's saying here. He said, the tongue also is a fire world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. And it sets the whole course of one's life on fire. That's what the enemy's wanting to do. He shoots his fiery arrow into your mind, into your emotions, and he gets you to start talking and complaining and speaking doubt and fear and sickness and lack and unbelief. And then it sets your whole course of your life on fire. This is serious business, church. 
And not only that, it can contaminate the whole church. Yeah, we ever going to find us a building anywhere. Wish Pastor Norris would get on the ball. It don't look like God's ever going to heal me. I've been praying in doubt. I've been praying and believing for. <laughs> Listen. The whole course of one's life on fire. And it is itself set on fire by hell. That's what he's talking about, this arrow. It's set on fire by hell. When there's all that junk's coming into our minds, into our emotions, and coming out of our mouth, I'm telling you, at that point in time, you better go get the fire brigade. I mean, you know, get some water on your fire and get it put out. Get some water on your fire and get it put out. Oh, my. <laughs> Listen, this is good to know, though, isn't it? This is good stuff. We need to know this. This is serious. We're in a battle. All those things you think are just, oh, that's just, that's just life. That's just my personality. That's just the way I am. Then you need to change who you am because you am on fire, and we all see it. And that's the wrong kind of fire. The fire we want to have is the fire of the Holy Ghost. That's the fire you need to be burning with, not that hellish fire. I'm trying to. <laughs> See, we don't want any of that strange fire. Remember over in the Old Testament when, you know, some of the guys decided that, you know, that they were anointed to do it too, and so they decided they were going to take some fire and present it before the presence of God. And the Bible says that fire came out from God and burned them to a cinder. Why? Because they offered up strange fire. And here we are, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And we're talking about our brothers and sisters. We're criticizing. We're talking fear. We're talking lack. We're offering strange fire out of our tongue to God. Thank God He's merciful. Aren't you glad? Boy, I am. Well, we need to correct that, church. No more strange fire am I going to offer out of my mouth. If you can't say, if you can't offer the good fire, just be quiet. At least don't offer, don't offer up the strange fire. I just don't think God cares about me anymore. I don't know why. God just don't do nothing for me. I don't know why. It looks like it's over. It looks like it's, we've had it. it look, just stop all that. That's strange fire. And he says right here, didn't James say it? That is set on fire by hell. Do you want to testify for heaven or do you want to testify for hell? That's up. The choice is yours. And listen, this is, this is the way it works. The enemy is subtle. He fires that arrow in there. You know, how many, how many of you, everything's just hunkadory and going great in your life? I mean, you know, I don't, I'm not really raising my hand. That's just to see if any hands are out. Listen, nothing's ever all right in your life, but nothing's ever all wrong. But I want to tell you what, in this book, it's all right. There's no wrong in this book. It's all right, because it's truth. It's God's Word. So when, when things are not all right in my circumstance, I go to the book, and I make it all right. 
<laughs> All right. The shield of faith. He said, above all. Can you see why this is important? The devil and God both want to set your tongue on fire. God with a heavenly holy fire, tongues of fire. Amen. And the devil with his fiery darts of hellish fire, strange fire. See, it's strange for a believer to talk unbelief. That's strange. I mean, you're called a believer. I mean, if you heard a goat crow in the morning, you think, boy, I'm living in strange times. But we think nothing of a believer spewing unbelief. The Bible says the love of God's been put in our heart. But yet we, we criticize. We judge people. Listen, that's strange fire. And that's what the enemy wants to do. But you know what? I know this about the people of Passion Church. You're smarter than that old devil. Because you got the wisdom of God. you got the Holy Ghost in you. And we're going to let the fire of God consume us. It's going to ignite our tongue. We're going to speak God's Word. We're going to speak God's capability. We're going to speak God's provision. God's going to do it for us. He's going to do it for me individually. He's going to do it for us corporately. He's going to come through. He's never going to fail. He's always, He's made us the head, not the tail. We're above only, not beneath. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I feel like. This is what God said. And that's the fire's going to be in my mouth. Amen? All right. Well, let me give you some action points. Well, I have to preach a little bit every once in a while. Some action points here. Daily apply the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit and the water of the Word. You need some time with God. You say, I'm too busy. Yes, you are. I agree. You sure are. That'd be like saying, you know what, man, I tell you, doctor. I mean, you go into the doctor and they have, I mean, they have to bring a wheelchair out to the car to help you in. I mean, you're just emaciated, your skin and bones, you just, I mean, you can't, I mean, they got to wheel you in. The doctor said, man, we better run every test there is. I mean, you look like you've got one foot in the grave already. I mean, boy, what's, what's wrong with you? Well, I've just been too busy to eat. What? Yeah, yeah. No, as far as I know, nothing's wrong with me. I just, I'm just too busy to eat. I've lost a hundred pounds. What do you think the doctor would? I mean, what would he think? But you know, you tell your pastor, "I'm just, uh, uh, man. I wish I had victory. I wish I had faith. Man, I, I, but you know, I'm just too busy making a living, pastor." And you're all emaciated, spiritually speaking. You're so weak, you can't pick up your shield of faith, let alone find it. Be aware of Satan's fiery darts against your mind and emotions. If it steals, it kills, it destroys. If it's critical, judgmental, condemnation, all that is evil and wicked, that is an arrow from the enemy. And you need to lift up your shield 
freshly oiled and saturated with the water of the word and do not let it get into your mind and your emotions because if it gets there it will set your tongue on fire and your tongue will set your life on fire and it'll be strange fire but you know what you can put the word of God in your mind you can saturate it in there. You can let that word and God's thoughts fill your mouth and a new type of fire, the fire of God, fill your mouth and your tongue. And I'm telling you what, it will speak health and blessing and victory and strength and power, not only to you, but to others around you. And then finally, keep your shield of faith out in front of you to cover the devil's attack. Don't let your shield of faith be in the closet. Don't let it be out somewhere like that. Are you listening? Man, take up the shield of faith. Take that thing up. And he says, above all, man, you lift that thing up there. He said, devil, errors are not going to get through. I'm keeping it saturated with the water of the Word. I've got fresh oil on me. I've got the fire of God igniting my tongue, the Word of God in my mouth. It's a two-edged sword. It's a sword on fire with the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you what, I'm going to cut you three ways to yonder. <laughs> Up, down, and sideways. Amen. We'll, we'll be talking about the sword of the Spirit next week. Man, no wonder we can't lose. With the stuff. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.